Hey guys, welcome to the Boning Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Um, in this week's episode, I have a gentleman by the name of Blaine Prouse. Um, he actually goes by his uh, bu- business name of uh, Stump Stalker Archery. Um, we got hooked up. Uh, I started following him again, just like everybody else on Instagram, on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we connected. I said, um, you know, I-, I wanted to learn more about him. He, uh, he-, he posts a lot of videos about stump shooting. Now, stump shooting is something that I really got into last year, uh, almost about this time. I, I mean, I'd done it before, but I, I really it just kind of like flared up when I was uh, a turkey hunting last year. I'm like, man, this is a ton of fun. You just shoot a bunch of arrows on your way in. Um, well, not on your way in for me because it'd be like, you know, four o'clock in the morning, but uh, on your way out. And, you know, it's it's, it's something I, that I'd done here and there, but it's, it's not something that uh, really... Uh, I, I guess I don't want to say appeal to me, but it's just something I really hadn't done until last year. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why have I not been shooting arrows at random rotten stumps and trees and clumps and stuff like that um, coming in and out of the woods? Because it is a ton of fun. Because let's face it, if you're me, you 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 really shoot at that kind of stuff than you do at uh, actual animals. So. Um, Anyway, he's got some amazing videos out there. Beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, landscape and scenery where where he lives and he hunts. Um, just gorgeous. It's uh, you know like it, it's coastal rainforest in in BC in Canada. Um, he I think he said he lives like literally with you know like on the ocean or or, or with with you know, close to the ocean or whatever. Um, sorry, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, but. Um, I'm just trying to think of all the scenery and stuff that I that I see in his uh, videos. Um, he's he's built some bows before. He's built himself bows. He you know he shoots other people's bows, that kind of stuff. But um, he is a uh, a dealer, or he he owns stops stump stalker archery, and he builds arrows. He builds. Um, just just these beautiful uh, wooden arrows, different types of woods. We get into we get into the different types of woods. I know next to nothing about wooden arrows. It's something that intrigues me. Um, it's not it's not a path that I want to go down just yet because I know I'm going to go down in, into the rabbit hole, uh, and I will do that uh, pretty hard, unfortunately. And I and I'm just I'm I'm restraining myself from doing that because I know myself. Um, I know like uh, I compare it to when I got into uh, reloading. Uh, for you know, for handguns and, and rifles and things like that, uh, you get into that, and then you get even deeper into casting bullets and ca- you know casting your own bullets and that kind of stuff. And that's a whole nother deeper rabbit hole. And it's it, I, and I know where this will lead. Knowing myself, I know that where this will lead. Now, of course, I could just go buy some arrows from him. I I, I know that. Uh, and in the future, I might I might actually go down go down the wood uh, the wood shaft roll uh, wood wooden shaft uh, hole. And, uh, yeah, that's just not something I'm going to do right now. But Blaine is a really cool guy. We had a really good conversation. Uh, we talked about his business. We talked about where he lives. Uh, he's, you know, he's building what sounds like, uh, to me anyway, in my mind, it's his dream house, you know, on the coast next to the water on the beach. Just, you know, in some gorgeous, gorgeous uh, scenery around him. Uh, we talk about his, uh, his business. We talk about wood arrows. We talk about, uh, you know, just how they're spined, which I, I really never understood. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people really really know unless you're into this kind of stuff um, how, how how the spine readings and stuff like that go with with wood arrows we, we got into that kind of stuff uh, we got into you know what he does with fletchings and and uh, and, and coatings and you know what would stand up and and, and and care and maintenance and all that kind of stuff so really really good conversation a really cool guy um, so definitely give him a check out on Instagram. Like I said, it's Stump Stalker. 
I believe it is stumpstockerarchery.ca is his uh, is his website. I'll double check that. Uh, but either way, you can find it if you look under Stumpstalker and um, YouTube. Obviously, go watch some of his videos. Um, really cool, uh, you know, w watching a guy just have fun, just go shooting. But just look in the background too. Look at that scenery. It's absolutely gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. It's kind of, uh, you know, I, I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings stuff, but uh, it, it's it, it looks like Lord of the Rings type of, of of terrain in the background. It's just it's just super gorgeous. So, anyway, um, we are headed towards uh, turkey season. By the time this comes out, no, no, I don't think anything will be open just yet. But uh, we're definitely getting closer to turkey season. I'm I'm super super excited. Um, you know, I, I want some some vengeance for 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 last year, and uh, you know I've gotten out a few times here for for small game. Haven't shot anything. Uh, there's been it seems like every time I go late season for 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 definitely for squirrel, there is a lack of squirrels. Early season they are all over the place. I don't know whether they just move on. I don't know whether they get uh, shot or uh, you know other predators get them. But um, there has been a lack of, uh, especially like the grays. The, the grays around here, the gray squirrels, are bigger than the fox squirrels. And uh, I really love hunting gray squirrels around here. They're, they're, they're like my favorite. And I've gone to three different locations now where typically it's, it's really paid off for me. I even went out with, my, with a shotgun a few days ago. Uh, thinking, okay, this is kind of like in the bag. I got this, and nothing. Um, just, just looking at the treetops, uh, you know, less. There's less nests uh, around, and um, but I did get to uh, do some uh, really good scouting uh, one of these days. Found some, uh, uh, found a really good, um, found a really good uh, a, a trail or two. Found some good turkey areas, some good deer areas. Uh, zero squirrels, but anyway. Um, that's that's kind of it. I think end of February here, it's going to wrap up for me for, for small game, but I am happy that I actually got, got to go out in the woods and just walk around with a bow in my hand um, and a shotgun in my hand too, just, just for a little while. Uh, it's good to just be out, even if it's like, it was like, you know, minus something or whatever outside, but I don't care. I, I had a good time. So anyway, um, I've rambled on long enough. So if you like this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. It's really important, super important to just leave a rating. If I can just ask you guys that, please go ahead and leave a rating. Rating. It's so, so, so important. And then uh, when I post this, if you guys listen to it, please share it on Instagram. That's absolutely important too. Uh, the more eyeballs um, you know, see this, the better. And I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So anyway, without any further ado, here is my interview with Blaine Prouse, Stump Stalker Archery. Oh yeah. There we go. Now I got it. Yep. I'm just, cool. I'm just using, I'm just using this like a phone. I'm just talking through it that way. So I don't have a headset. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I always tell people we don't. I don't do the video because my my. First of all, it's not necessary, and second of all, my laptop is just so crappy that it it's it, the processor is so slow that uh, yeah. if I even you know attempt to think about using video, it just locks up. So we're, I'm I'm just lucky that it does what it does with audio. So, nice. Yeah. 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 So uh, Blaine Prouse, is that am I saying that right? Yep. Cool. Um, thanks for coming on. I, I appreciate it. Uh, we, we, we really haven't talked much, uh, other than about like a minute before we started recording this thing. So I, I appreciate you doing this. Um, you, uh, you're a guy I started, uh, recently, uh, following both on Instagram and YouTube and yep. your, uh, your handle there is stump stalker, right? Stump stalker. Correct. Archery, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you got some like pretty cool videos 
that um, and don't take this the wrong way. They're not like whack em, stack em, killing, you know, or archery videos. They're just you yep. roaming around the woods shooting stumps, which is a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of wanted to, uh, like we said, I kind of wanted to, to, in this podcast, just kind of get to know you better, um, know your history, that kind of stuff. And we can dive into all sorts of things with, you know, with arrows and, and um, you know, if you do any hunting out there and, and, and what what the scene is and, uh, you know, growing up. So why don't you just, I guess, give like a r- brief kind of bio about yourself and um, kind of, you know, just like the, the Reader's Digest version. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm Blaine. Uh Born and raised on Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Recently have moved to a, a different island, um, or actually an archipelago of islands called Haida Gwaii, which is actually quite close to southeast Alaska. Alaska, We can we can see Prince of Wales Island from sort of the top end of, of the islands here. Um, so we're quite far north, and uh, we're quite remote because we're about, I think it's about 60 kilometers off the coast of B.C., so anyway, we've re- recently moved. Yep. I think I lost you there for a sec. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, there was another call coming through. Oh, <laughs> it, it happens. <laughs> yeah, Issa, so, so you recently moved. Um, yeah, we recently moved last summer. So after living down in Vancouver Island for 42 years, we moved up here and uh, kind of getting a new thing going on up here. And uh, it's been a lot of fun and there's a lot of places to roam and fish to catch and deer to hunt and stumps to shoot so it's been quite fantastic i'll tell you um, what your, I got, uh, your, your yeah. pictures are just i mean uh, i mean obviously picturesque you know you kind of throw that around well duh pictures picturesque but i mean it's 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 really beautiful i mean it, it's coastal rainforest right um yeah. and uh, you know all i see are like just ridiculously tall trees, uh, rainforest, um, you know, mossy stumps, and probably about as, as many targets as you could possibly dream of to try and shoot, which is what, you know, what, what's, what, you know, stump shooting kind of is all about. But did you, um, yeah. did you grow up, did you grow up hunting? Did you grow up in the outdoors uh, the whole, the whole time there? Yeah. Um, I did. My dad wasn't a big hunter. We like to, on the weekends, he liked to just get in the truck and drive around with a 12 gauge and a chainsaw and cut a bit of firewood and maybe shoot a grouse if one appeared. But he wasn't really a big hunter. But um, on my mom's side, her brothers and her dad were all pretty serious hunters. And uh, so they took me along with them quite a lot. So I got exposed to it. But they were all rifle hunters. Nobody was, nobody even knew what archery was really. It was just, uh, it was a kid's thing. And, uh, I didn't really get into archery until I was in my late twenties, I guess I kind of discovered, I think I discovered traditional bow hunter magazine at a grocery store and, uh, I was flipping through it and I was like, Whoa, these things are actually weapons that kill things <laughs> crazy. And, uh, shortly after that, I picked up a, a used, uh, compound and I shot that for a while and had some fun with it. And then for whatever reason, uh, I just stopped shooting and, uh, and then I just kind of went, you know, I want to do something else. And I just thought about traditional and I didn't know where to go. I had no idea there was no archery shops or anywhere to turn to ask for help in that thing. So I just did a bunch of research on the internet and ended up building my own bow out of a piece of maple I picked up at the hardware store. That sort of got me started on the path into the sport 
And then about a year and a half after that, I took a workshop where I learned how to make a U-Self bow with a fellow and uh, did that. And then I successfully harvested a deer with that bow. And then I posted a story on the internet and got invited up to Haida Gwaii to hunt with my friend Wayne, who's the owner of True Shaft Archery, which is the guy who makes the arrow shafts that I build my arrows with. And now he's my next door neighbor and we're just doing this archery thing. So it's a crazy kind of story of going all over the place and just connections and yeah it's pretty amazing that, that that's that's very cool um so i mean you you it sounds like you jumped in you said i mean instead of i mean you bought the compound but when you went into the to the traditional side it sounds like you just kind of jumped in like you know what i'm just going to make you know make this is is it because i think you touched on it a little bit there's re- there was really not a lot of traditional archery or at least shops anyway right especially it sounds like you, you were kind of remote-ish to begin with you know what i mean i, I know vancouver island is not not all that you know remote but it's it's not exactly um i don't know it, it's it's not a high population center right so there's the, the, the chances right. yeah. of uh you know an archery shop much less a trad archery shop or at least shoots to go to that kind of thing you really probably didn't get exposed to a whole lot of different kind of bows um none that you could go try out you know so you just kind of jumped in and and made one how, how did how did that uh how, how long did that bow last oh it's um still going as far as i know i don't think anybody's shooting it i gave it to my friend and he's got it now i don't know if he's been shooting it but i shot it for i shot lots of arrows out of it and uh it never broke i never backed it with anything i just kept it i just got lucky with the piece of wood i found at the hardware store Hmm. it just had nice clean grain going through it and uh yeah it took some set which is to be expected especially for a guy's first bow and I don't think it, the cast was probably all that good, but it shot arrows and never broke. And I had fun just getting into it. It was funny too, because I, I built this bow and I didn't know anything about arrow spine or anything. So I'm shooting like 300 spine carbons that I had for my compound <laughs> out of this thing. It must have been near flying sideways, but I didn't even know. I didn't notice. I just kept shooting and <laughs> had yeah. fun. So Slapping the riser hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, been, uh, yeah. you, you did get lucky because uh, I've never built a bow, but I mean, anybody that says that they've built a self bow, like the first, I don't know, at least, you know, a half a dozen, or at least what you can count on one hand, seem to not last very long. You know, they blow up, they splinter, yeah. they, you know, one, one limb takes, uh, you know, more of a set than the other, and then it's just a disaster, but they learn as they go. Um, yeah. You know, so you... <laughs> Do you build all your all your other bows too? Because I see you shooting a lot of different, um, uh, like hill style bows too, and I see that they're laminated. But um, I think I've seen you shoot some self bows too, right? Do you, do you still make do you still make your own? Yeah, I uh, the one that I've been shooting most recently in my YouTube videos and on, I put on Instagram is a used self bow that I just finished up last week. Um, so yeah, I still I build a, I build bows a little bit here and there when time allows um but i also have bows that were made my fiberglass bows have all been made by friends of mine and uh the one other osage self bow that i have was built by um a fella in ontario who i did an arrow trade i traded him arrows and a use stave for that self bow Hmm. and then i have another osage bow that was built by a friend of mine who lived in the same town i did and that stave I had which I got from another friend 
And anyway, that was another funny one where it just kind of went through all these guys and ended up back to me as a finished bow. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the traditional and especially primitive community is so amazing. Everybody just trades and shares and it's like, hey, I need some, you know, I need some rawhide tobacco bow. Oh, I got some. Trade me some shafts. Yeah, you bet. So then, you mm-hmm. know, that's just how it goes. It's so cool. We really you know, the- have to spend money on things. Yeah, the the, um, the the really primitive side, like the self-bow side, um, is something that I have not dabbled in. Um, yeah. And, and the wood arrow side is something that I have not dabbled in. And I'm sure I'm going to get there. Uh, you know, yep. right now, you know, I'm, you know, carbon. Uh, I enjoy, you know, building those arrows, that, you know, the way I want with, you know, components and things like that. And, you know, I, I, love, I love the tinkering part of it. But, um, yep. you know, I, I'm only about four years into this, this whole traditional okay. thing. And, yep. uh, the, the, be- I've never shot a wood arrow, you know, much less, you know, tried to build one or whatever, but everyone says, you know, it's just a different experience. Um, it's quieter, it's a different sound. Uh, it feels right. You know, whatever that means, you know, yeah. um, yep. it, as far as the sound and the feel and the, 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 just the way it comes off the bow kind of thing. So I'm, I'm sure I'm going to try that out one of these days. Um, but I know absolutely nothing about uh you know wood shafts what you know the the types of wood um what's better what's heavier what's straighter you know uh, that that kind of stuff did you um it it sounds like you went into it you said you had a buddy that was doing some shafts uh did you have any other exposure to that as far as like actual knowledge uh of of the i mean it's one thing that like you said you, you can pick up stuff and shoot it but to know the details of these things did you did, did you have someone kind of guiding you along or, or was it just trial and error for you um there was i mean i did a lot of reading i think that was like i had the traditional um boyer's bibles mm-hmm. you know all those books so i read those and read reading traditional bow hunter magazine for years you know i picked up a lot of stuff out of there but uh yeah once i met wayne that you know he's a wood arrow guy. He builds shafts. He knows the stuff. And he really, when I came up to hunt with him the first time I brought up these bamboo arrows that I'd built in the the workshop when I built the bow and I didn't realize kind of how crappy they were and they weren't tuned for the bow at all. They weren't straight at all. Like it was just, they weren't proper. Um, so anyway, he kind of helped me and taught me how to pick a spine and how to fletch and fletch properly and do all this stuff. So, I learned a lot that two week trip I learned. It was a huge education for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that kind of got me started. And then since I've been doing it, it's just sort of, I'm learning about all, well, I'm still learning all the time, but I got a pretty good idea and a pretty good grasp of what spine you need to shoot out of, you know, a center shot longbow or a center shot recurve and with heavier points and this and that. And the other thing. Um, so it's just, yeah, I've, I've just gleaned a lot of knowledge from a lot of people and a lot of readings and stuff. Hmm. Now, yeah. um, when you, when you did your move, was it for, uh, I guess I never even asked, I mean, is this, is this like a full-time, is this your full-time business or did you move for, for this, um, to, uh, cause you said you, you kind of, did you take over this from your friend or, or are you, you, you guys are partners in, in this? Um, no, uh, I'm probably going to help him at some point, but it's, it's sort of a, 
he's busy and he needs some help. So I thought, you know, and we wanted to move up here anyway. It was kind of a, it was in the cards. We were just waiting until the time was right to sell our house and get on the road. Um, and then the property beside him came for sale. So it just all worked out perfectly. So Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a partner in with true shaft archery, um, just friends. And I've been using his product basically since day one. And, uh, I stand by it. It's a fantastic product. And, uh, you know, and if I can, and I will probably do some just general labor, help them out here in the future. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for right now, I'm just, I'm building our cabin that we're going to be living in and looking after my kiddo a bit and building arrows here and there. And so enough to keep myself busy. That, 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 that sounds awesome. I know when you and I talked, uh, at least messaged a little while back, you said you were doing some real estate stuff or whatever. I'm guessing it's, you know, connected to what, what you're just talking about here, you know, doing the movement and that kind of stuff. So, um, are you, yeah. have you always been handy like that too? Are you like, have you done, you know, construction or whatever? I mean, the, the, I, I've, I've met one guy. Uh, this is kind of an aside, but I met one guy that uh, kind of built his home. It was a log. It was a log home, um, but it was a, yep. it was it was like a, like a decent, like a very like a big home. But um, and and I went up there actually. I went on a, a deer hunting at, at his property property several years ago, and uh, yep. he had a scrapbook, uh, several scrapbooks uh, of this when they built this thing like 20, 25 years ago or whatever. And nice, the things yep. that go into building this thing, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. I mean, everything <laughs> from uh, laying the logs and then you know putting the uh, pulling the spikes or the rebar or whatever like through the logs and then planning for where electrical is going to go through and planning for where you know uh, windows are going to be and how they're going to be and how they're going to float and not cry, you know what i mean it's just oh yeah uh, it was so cool i'm like oh my goodness you know and then and then the maintenance <laughs> he kept talking about with uh having to seal the outside once every x many years or whatever it is you know with you know 55 gallon drums of whatever sealer it is you know it's like oh my yeah. god it's so beautiful though they did a, such a beautiful job but it's a lot of maintenance you know yeah oh for sure so is it is this going to be like your first first log home or have you done that before uh, well, this one's not a log house. It's just a conventional frame. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. It's a I was, stick I was... framed. Yeah. Okay. But it's a cat, like it's a small, it's 600 square feet. We bought it. It was framed in it. So it just had a metal roof on it and the walls were up with plywood on them, but there was no holes cut in for the windows or anything. Yeah. So we came t- and I've done everything else um, from that point on. So put windows in it, um, siding. I hired out the electrical, I did the plumbing, I uh, did the framing inside, uh, what else, I'm, insulation, we're working on drywall right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to not like it, but I, whatever, after working with it for a few days, I don't mind it so much, it's kind of, you just get used to doing something and you just do it, so. You just, you just do but, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I haven't always been a handy person, it, I started doing trades work in my early thirties and I spent 10 years doing that and I got a gas ticket and I got a sheet metal ticket, journeyman ticket and doing that. I was doing renovation work and heating and doing that kind of work. You dabble in a little bit of electrical, a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of framing. You get to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just get really handy with tools and a tape measure and knowing how to draw and estimate and all that stuff. So, it's all just really, it doesn't really matter what kind of work you're doing. Once you do some trades work and get good with tools, you can do almost anything. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. I was a, I was a general contractor for a whopping like five or six years, you know, well, pretty much I got into it at the height of the market back in like 06, you know, um, with dreams of being like, you know, the contractor rolling from job site to job site in a Hummer. Well, that didn't work out, but, uh, (laughs) it ended up me and like Craigslist labor, you know, doing like decks and bathroom remodels and stuff like that. But, uh, no, you're right. It's, uh, you, you just, you just kind of power through it. You just, you just got to learn and do it even if you don't like doing it. But, um, yeah, Yeah. no, so that's cool. It sounds like you guys are building like a dream house there in, 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 in paradise, you know, at least from what I can tell from pictures. So that's, that's pretty, pretty envious. Uh, yeah, we got a, a pile of public land behind us, and we're right across the road from the ocean. Sw- a really nice swimming beach right there for my daughter, and we were salmon fishing right out front of the house in August this year. So yeah, pretty fantastic. Yeah, that, that is pretty fantastic. So okay, <laughs> so um, you uh, you 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 grew up, dabbled in 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 archery. You slowly kind of you know. Well, I, I would say slowly, but then you, you jump right into the self bow thing. Um, did you did you have much success uh, early on with hunting hunting with a with a bow? Did you, or did you hunt with anything else too, like rifle rifle season or anything like that? Um, I hunted with a shotgun. That the play I had access to a, a farm, and uh, in that farm, it was a single sh- uh, projectile band, so you had to shoot a shotgun with buckshot or archery. So mm-hmm. I used. I used a shotgun a, a bunch and harvested quite a few deer on that farm. And uh, yeah, the first deer I ever dropped in the string on I killed, just totally fluke. I'm not by any means a magnificent archer or hunter. It was just the right place at the right time and uh, killed that deer. And uh, and then I killed another deer out there a couple of years after. So I, I'm definitely not a deer killing machine, but uh, I, I get a few and... I started hunting with a rifle actually this year mm-hmm. because up here there's um, we're allowed to take 15 deer a season. 15? Uh, yeah, they're Holy. they're an introduced species and they're you'd think they're everywhere. They're not really everywhere. The hunting is still challenging, uh, but they're really trying to manage the numbers of them because they can overrun the place kind of. So, mm-hmm. and our season's nine months long. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. So, yeah, so I can hunt just about any time of the year. The only time that we can't hunt is March, April, and May when the when the bucks have no antlers and the does are way pregnant and fawning. Yeah, about to and drop. Then, yeah. Yeah, June first it opens. We can hunt bucks from June, July, and August, and then September first it's open for whatever. Is that all of BC, or is that, or is it like, um, or do they have like no, different just, zones for? Yeah, there's different zones and tons. Of, it's, you know, how hunting regulations are. They're very mm-hmm. complicated. Mm-hmm. Up here, we're in one, pretty much one zone for this whole area, These all these islands. And it's all, there's a few areas where you can't hunt, but essentially it's any place you can hunt. And the deer season is just what it is. There's no limited entries or any, like it's yeah. just over-the-counter tags. You go and hunt and so... Yeah. Wow. You looking for any help building that house? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I've had a few people. Huh, oh how God. do I get up there? 
<laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you do, uh, do you do other other game too, or is it just uh, deer they chase, or what? Like what else? What else is up there? I mean, is it bear, elk, uh, you know, a grouse? What else? What else are you kind of into up there? Yeah, we have. Um, so the deer are Sitka blacktails. They're not yep. the Columbia blacktail, so they're like Alaska deer. We have, yeah, we Hang have. On, blue I, I gotta stop you. What's the difference? Yeah. Can you can you touch on that real quick? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what I I am always curious, like what's the difference between, you know, the Sitka and then the like like a like a coastal, is that what you call a coastal black blacktail? They're Colombian blacktail. Colombia, yeah, Colombia. Yeah. yeah. So the the Sitkas generally have a bit stockier of a body. They're a bit smaller. They have a bit smaller of an antler structure. Okay. doesn't mean they have small antlers, but they're generally a little more compact than a Columbia blacktail. The uh, Columbia blacktails, though, in Oregon can be huge. Like in the Willamette Valley, they get giant antlers, right? But the ones mm-hmm. in uh, like on Vancouver Island and the coast where I've hunted them, they're, they're a little bit bigger than the Sitkas are. But you can't, you couldn't really tell the difference as a, unless you're really super paying attention. Right. So they're essentially the same deer. These deer really respond to a, a fawn distress call, especially the does. Okay. And so in November in the rut, if you're if you can call in a doe, you're probably going to bring a buck in with the doe, and it can right. make for some really, really fun, really intimate, close encounters, which is a lot of fun with a stick bow. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So 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 go on with with the rest of the. Uh, before I interrupt you there um other species right so yeah there's blue grouse there is black bears but they're very tightly regulated i think there's only four tags a season that are given out is a limited entry draw really there there is elk as well that were also introduced up here and uh there's a decent season any bull uh and you're allowed to harvest one they're in a really apparently really challenging place to get to so I don't know how many are killed every year and I haven't chased them yet, but yeah, it's, it's in the, it's in the, in my back of my mind anyway, that, uh, one day I'd like to get out there and see if we can find them. And, uh, there's an archery season and a rifle season for those. And what else? There's lots of squirrels and which are also an introduced game. So they can be hunted anytime, however many you want. Okay. Um, hmm. What else? Yeah, that's that's essentially it here. That's it's either way. That's that's still pretty. Uh, I mean, that's. I, I'm surprised what you said about the black bear though, because in my mind, for some reason, um, when someone says again, islands are different, you know, the coastal uh, rather than interior. But anyone that says BC or even you know, uh, I, I think of uh, like Alaskan islands kind of thing. Not that I've ever been, but you think yeah. bears. Um, so is there just like a limited number of bears or are they in competition? Like, do, do, you, do you have, like, do you have grizzlies there, brown bears too, or no? Or is it just black bears? Just black bears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, um, it's, uh, I think it's just, uh, I don't know how to really say this. It's kind of, a, it's a bit of a political thing and it's, uh, you know, bears are a political issue all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was, in the past, a lot of bears killed and the Haida First Nation kind of went, wait a second, we don't want all these bears getting killed. So I think they really lobbied the province to cut back on how many were being taken. And 
so yeah, now there's just these four tags and, uh, I don't know how many the Haida take every year as well, like the first nation, but you know, essentially the, the harvest is pretty small and there's lots of bears up here. Yeah. Uh, so it is what it is. I mean, um, I can go, if I take a trip to Vancouver Island, I can go down there and hunt bears and I can kill two bears a season or not even Vancouver Island, anywhere in BC, essentially you can hunt and kill two bears as a resident per season. And so that could be two in the spring or two in the fall, but you couldn't take four. You can only take two annually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So it, it sounds like there's, um, you're on, uh, you call well in Canada, they call it first nations, right? Instead of like native, yeah. not native American, obviously, but like first Nations. So it sounds like you're running into, kind of um like first nations issues as far as like you know like they're hunting them but they don't want over hunting them from 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 other people is that is that yeah i think so i think they were probably exploited in the past i think there's like maybe a guide outfitters up here and people coming from off island to hunt them too and uh because they're you know they're huge bears and so people are coming to try to get monster bears and all that stuff. So, yeah. and I don't know the total history of it. That's just sort of things I've gathered from listening to other people talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I will put in for a tag though. If I get one, that's awesome. It could be a really cool Alpine hunt to do in like September, early September. Mm-hmm. But um, cause there's so up here, there's so many fish creeks that you really would, want to be picky on where you shoot a bear because if i'm going to shoot a bear i'm going to eat it i don't want something that's going to taste like it's been eaten moldy like, like pink salmon so right right yeah huh yeah interesting that's uh that's cool do you have what's what's the elevation like there as far as i mean obviously you're coastal but um the, the hills and mountains and stuff how, how high do they go and, and and are you having to climb up very high to you know to chase to chase various game or well, the deer are from sea level right up to the alpine at various times of the year. Like right now, they're down down pretty low right near the shore, like in the estuaries and stuff where there's still grass growing and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then in the summertime, they go up into the alpine and feed up there. I think the tallest mountain is like 3,500 feet. Okay. So not, yeah, not huge, but not, yeah, yeah there's definitely some big hills here. So, yeah, and I'm guessing the terrain isn't all that easy to, to to walk in either, too, right? I mean, is is it is it, uh, it it looks pretty thick. It looks pretty thick and soggy. Um, like yeah, a lot of fern, a lot of bog. You know, am I am I right on that or? Yeah, there's lots of muskeg as well, and yeah, the places that I'm stump shooting, it's pretty open country. It's mature second growth. So there's not much understory there. Mm-hmm. But uh, in places where the second growth or third growth is like 10 or 15 years old, it's practically impenetrable. Yeah. So, yeah, we spend a lot of time just walking old roads and uh, and driving a lot, too. For when we're rifle hunting, it, it's mostly road hunting. And then we'll we'll hike into slashes and call and glass a little bit. But predominantly the rifle hunting is just road hunting. And then for bow hunting, we walk old overgrown roads and uh look for rubs and call and it's sort of the the technique for that yeah yeah so um what what kind of led you to uh get you know 
filming what you do? Um, you know, what, what led you to the YouTube thing? Um, you know, because I mean, you don't really see a lot of people do it. By the way, I love it. But I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, when they start a channel, it's always like, man, I'm going to show you know, a deer going down. I'm going to show this, uh, you know, the adventures. You don't really see a lot of guys like stump shooting for the purity yeah. of stump shooting. And, and you got to be into this, um, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it to, to really appreciate that. And I do, but I'm just kind of yeah. curious what, what the spark was for you to, to do that. Uh, I think, well, it was because I've been doing Instagram for so long that sharing photos of where I go and what I do and getting feedback from people. I thought, you know, I think some people might like to see this actually in a video and with the sounds of nature and just to get a better feel of the beautiful place that I'm at, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of escapism for people, you know, YouTube is, it's like, Oh, my mundane life. Oh, let's see what this guy's doing. He's out in the beautiful forest. And, um, I'm a pretty modest guy too. So I'm not going to be like, Whoa, whack and stack and all <laughs> yeah. that. Like, that's just not me. And, uh, so I'm just out there just trying to just enjoy it and, and take some cool photos and video of the trees and the bows and, the slow-mo shots of the arrows blasting through rotten things. Yeah, it's fun. So that no, really, it, I just... It, yeah, it, it definitely is fun to watch. I, like I said, I, I really enjoy it because um, I I wasn't I, I wasn't really into stump shooting. Not, not that I didn't want to. I just never really did uh, until yeah. like this past year. And I actually started back in, you know, about, about a year ago, back in, you know, almost a year ago in uh, turkey season, you know. So... Uh, of course, you know, you'd walk in, oh, dark 30, whatever. But then on the way back out, you know, I, I and I would walk in quite a ways, you know, um, I, I missed my turkey this year at about a mile and a half back, about a mile something back. And you're walking yep. back, and you're like, oh, there's a stump, there's a stump, there's a stump. And it was the first year that I exclusively carried my stick bow uh, for turkey season and well, for yep. any season, really. And um, I was like, uh, wow, this is this is a lot of fun. You know, you go pick up your arrow, yeah. <laughs> you walk, you walk another 20 yards. I mean, it took me twice as long to get out in daylight than it did to walk in and pitch black because I was stopping every like 20 yards to take another shot. I'm like, this is yeah. so much fun. Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they last, you know. The, the the arrows last for you know for a long time they're they're pretty tough and until you know you obviously every now and then you hit one you're like oh that wasn't exactly a rotten stump you know and then the knock yeah. goes you know <laughs> flying you don't find it and all that stuff but no that's it's 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 definitely a benefit that you don't get with uh w with a compound you know i mean there's no way there's no way you're doing that but um no it it definitely makes your walk out of the even into the woods if you're going in you know midday or whatever but it definitely makes your walk out of the woods uh you know, in daylight, a whole lot more fun. Um, you know, you're not just walking, brooding like you didn't see anything, or uh, if, or if you missed something, you know, you're still having fun on the way out. And I think that's that's like the joy of traditional archery too. That's that's oh yeah, one of the things I you know I, I really really love. But um, so uh, so so let's just pivot to wood, wood arrows. I, I'm I'm really curious about wood arrows, and and I'm sorry if this sounds like wood arrow 101. But I know yep. like very, very little about it. So um, okay. I guess, you know, can you kind of talk about some of the like, like, like the popular, I, I don't know, pick, 
you know, wh- however many popular woods you think there are, what the choices, and like just kind of like a really quick like pro and con of each, and then what like a beginner, uh, is, like let's say I was like, okay, I'm gonna dabble into this, um, and it's going to be for fun, but it's also going to be potentially for hunting. You know, what would a guy yeah. uh, look for? What kind of what, what kind of species would he look for? Um, that kind of thing. Okay, so essentially, I'd say in the softwoods, there's probably three dominant species. There's Port Arford cedar, which has been the mainstay of traditional archery forever. Um, and then there's Douglas fir and then Sitka spruce. There's also some guys making them out of pine. And what else is there? There's tamarack and there's larch. And, you know, there's a lot of species, but I'd say that the three predominant ones are Port Orford and Doug Fir and Sitka Spruce. Um, I'm not going to really talk too much about pros and cons of them because I think they're all three. They're pretty darn good shafts. The trick with wood shafts is that you're getting them from a reputable manufacturer. Generally a guy who's like, Oh, I'm making arrow shafts in his garage. Um, they're probably not going to be as good as, you know, like what True Shaft or um, Sherwood or what PD are doing because they're doing them at a scale and that's their business. Mm-hmm. So I would say regardless of what species, they're all reasonably good. I I would lean towards the Sitka Spruce or the Doug Fir. Those are my two preferred species. Um, Doug Fir tends to be a heavier wood, but that doesn't mean you can't get dug fur as light as spruce and you can get and you can also get spruce as heavy as fur they're all graded and sorted at the as part of the manufacturing process okay so if you wanted a if you wanted a say a shaft that was 10 grains per inch you can get that in fur and you can get that in spruce and you can probably get them all in the same spine range because they're graded and sorted and that's just something you would specify with the manufacturer so there's enough overlap between the two that you can get what you wanted between the two species Okay. Yeah, there, there's a misnomer that Doug fir shafts are heavier, which again, like in general they are, but it doesn't mean you can't get light Doug fir shafts or right. you can't get heavy spruce shafts. It's yeah. So that's um. So yeah, you know, you'd pick from a real reliable manufacturer or an archery shop that you trust. Have a look at the shafts. Make sure they don't have a whole bunch of grain run out in them. You want a lot of the growth rings go in from one end all the way through the other, and that's going to give you the strongest shafts that uh, you can get, and it'll make them easier to straighten. And uh, that's that's essentially it. Um, you know, if a guy's making crummy shafts, he's not going to be in business for very long. So these guys that have been around for a while, they're making good stuff. Right, and then they they, they sort them too, right? So you you put in a specification for. I don't know. Well, whatever, you know, take, take your wood pick, um, and spine range. And I want to get into spine range in a second here too, because that's, that's kind of foreign to me as far as the way they rate the spines on, uh, on, on wood stuff. Yeah. Um, and then they would, uh, I'm, I'm guessing they would, what they would weigh them and the, how close do they get within, let's say like you get like a 30 inch shaft, let's say, um, how, how close can you get, uh, grain wise, overall weight wise between, you know, in, in a dozen shafts? Generally, it's 10 grains. So oh. you're going to get, say, a 360 grain to 370 grain all in one bundle. 
oh that's, that's nothing pretty much yeah. industry standard yeah yeah so okay. if you get them from any of the companies i mentioned there they're they all sort the same way mm-hmm. so some of them i don't know i know that's how sherwood works and i know that's how true shaft works i don't know about wapiti or any of the others they might you know they might do them in tens they might do them in 20s i i'm not sure but they're probably in tens that's sort of industry standard and okay. then this, with spine spine groupings are generally in five so you get a 50 55 or a 50 54 55 59 or 55 60 yeah and then the spine thing is very confusing and yeah what I does that mean don't, yeah. it doesn't mean anything all it means is that all the manufacturers are following the same sort of guidelines for that for the rating system of the stiffness okay so essentially it's just like carbon arrows are 700 600 400 whatever right yep so that that's in deflection of inches based on hanging a two pound weight on the spine tester and that gives you how much the shaft bends with that Mm -hmm. weight on it wood arrows are spined exactly the same way but instead of writing it as a measurement of deflection it's been given this random sort of numbering which doesn't really mean anything because a 50-55 shaft doesn't mean it's for a 50-55 pound bow. It's just those shafts will all be the same stiffness across the board. So you kind of have to know a bit or talk to somebody who knows, a local archery shop, arrow maker, who can sort of guide you on the the correct spine that you'll be looking for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really confusing for somebody who doesn't, have anybody to ask or you know if you're just a greenhorn trying to figure it out on your own it can be really confusing yeah because that was confusing to me because i I would look at you know some just reading articles let's say traditional bow hunter or um you know online whatever take your pick and they would talk about uh i don't know let's say 70 75 or something like that you know and you'd look at yeah. that and you'd be like, okay, but they're shooting a 45 pound bow or 55 or 50 pound bow. And I'm like, there's no yeah. way, you know, that the, the numbers just don't jive, you know? So I knew there was yes. something, something not correlating with what you do with the, with the carbon arrow. I just, you know, so, so what do those numbers mean though? Exactly. I mean, is it, what, what's that, what are the numbers based on? Well, there's, if you Google it, you can find a chart that shows the deflection in inches and the the number system of wood arrows. So hmm. there's, you know, like a 50-55 is, I think it's around a 500. So it's it's a half an inch of deflection. So it's like a 500 spine carbon arrow. It's right. around there. Um, I don't know who created it. I don't know why they did it that way, but that's how it is. And it's, yeah, it's very <laughs> com- confusing for people. So yeah, yeah, you could shoot a 70-75 out of a 50-pound bow if you're shooting... 200 grains up front and you got a 30 inch draw length yeah you absolutely could shoot that much of it that stiff of an arrow out of right. a center shot recurve yeah no problem yeah, but yeah. if you're shooting a self bow that's a 50 pound self bow you're going to shoot probably a 45 49 spine out of that if you're like a 28 inch draw yeah because you're, you're yeah exactly so basically yeah. you just got to pretty much call up whoever you're going to order these from um you know or someone like you or whatever and be like hey here's my setup here's exactly what i'm shooting here's the exact bow and and my specs and center shot not center shot cut to center whatever um yeah and then you would walk that person through say okay these are going to be you know 
in in your range and then it's up to that person then just like any just like anything else to kind of play with uh tip weight you know probably to yeah. um uh to, to you know to get that close now are you well actually i'm kind of answering my question i'm guessing you sell uh just no, maybe not just you, but anybody that's buying wood, wood, wood arrows or wood shafts. You can you can buy the shafts like full length, and you can buy them completely, completely done, ready to go, ready to shoot, fletched up. You know, point points on, knocks on, that kind of stuff. Correct? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I I do custom arrows, and uh, yeah, I sell shafts as well, and I also offer test kits if people want a test kit, so I can send three different spine ranges of arrows for, you know whatever their bow is and then they can try them out and see what works out and then they can say hey i like this length this shaft whatever you know build them up for me or they just order more shafts or and i'd say most outfits that are offering you know that are building arrows will send will sell test kit arrows which are less expensive because they're hunter grade and maybe not sealed and you know they're just real basic just just to get you in the in the spine range, like okay, this is this is gonna work, and we can kind of go from go from there, right? If you're bear shopping yeah. or something, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, what what are the sizes? Um, you know, you know, in the, in the carbon world, you know, you've got your your standard quote unquote like five sixteenths, um, you know, shafts, uh, yeah. all the way down to super tiny. But I mean, what what are the do, do wood arrows come in various like diameters as well? Yeah, there's three main ones, and this probably pretty much it is five sixteenths, eleven thirty seconds, and twenty three sixty fourths. Okay. And eleven eleven thirty seconds being the most common. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So cool. yeah, and all your points and knocks, you can get them in those sizes. Um, I think knocks and twenty three sixty fourths are hard to come by, but the Knocks in five sixteenths and eleven thirty seconds are common, and then all your broadheads and your field points you can get in all those different sizes. And eleven sixty, uh, help me do the math here. Is that that's the smallest one, right? Eleven eleven thirty seconds. Five sixteenths is the smallest. Five sixteenths smallest. Yeah, yeah. So five sixteenths is ten thirty seconds. So it's oh tiny yeah, okay. bits. Yeah. It's a thirty second smaller, and then the twenty three sixty fourths is only one. Uh, 64th bigger than the 11 30 seconds so they're all really close yeah but that that extra wood of a 23 64th will allow a fair bit higher spine so you're going to get you know if you're looking for uh like an 80 85 it's pretty tough to find that in doug fir or spruce or cedar in 11 30 seconds but in 23 64th you can you can find them they're still not super common but they're there mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and there's just got more I've, beef. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little with. bit of a, yeah, there's more yeah. wood there. It's a little bit of a stronger shaft because it's slightly bigger. Um, and then you can tail taper a lot of, a lot of the aerosmiths will tail taper, uh, a, a 23, down to five sixteenths and, uh, you get a little bit of a better arrow flight with it. So I haven't played with it at all, but some of the research I've done shows, uh, they come out of paradox a bit quicker and stabilize a little bit faster. Just that more streamlined, the streamlined of the. Because the back end is tapered taper. a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that, and I know guys that are, that are shooting um, wood aren't necessarily chasing FOC or anything like that. I mean, they don't really 
I, that doesn't really come up in, in their conversations, it seems like. But it it seems like that is a good way to get a little more weight forward too, though, right? Like the, the, the tail taper um, builds a little bit of naturally front front of center in, into some of these that, that also helps, uh, re, you know, the recovery a little bit quicker. Yeah, I think the tail taper takes off 10 to 12 grains or something. Like mm-hmm. it's not a lot, but it's a little bit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why and, is the uh, um, eleven thirty seconds yeah. the most common? Then the mi- the middle the middle ground. I'm not sure. I think it's probably has to do with just where the spine range is with five sixteenths. Okay. In my experience with seeing Sitka spruce, anyway, you're not getting many above forty five. Like that's kind of the highest. A lot of them oh, are really quite light okay. spined. Yeah. So you get in your eleven thirty seconds, you get everything from thirty right up to like. 65 to even some closer to 70 but that's pretty rare but you're getting lots in the 40s and the 50s and some in the low 60s and that's where you know most guys are shooting if they're shooting just 125 grains up front and like a mid 40s bow to 50 pound bow they're that's all in their kind of spine range yeah and then if you're a guy who wants to shoot a 70 pound recurve with 200 grains up front and you got a 30 inch draw, you're going to have a real tough time getting a wood arrow that's going to spine for that bow. Cause it's just, there's so much force in that, in that, uh, draw cycle that you need a super stiff arrow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's just more of a limitation of, of, of the woods available and it's, it's ability to withstand spine basically, or, or have a high enough spine. So yeah, most most bows and poundage just kind of fall into the middle range where you're going to get the most most arrows for it. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. See, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm learning here. All the stuff. Yeah, I good. <laughs> no idea about you know. So that I'm glad we're doing this. Um, and uh, okay, so you already touched on the part that uh, you, you can you you can taper the back uh to fit like a standard like five sixteenths you know knock on there right. Yep. Um, yeah. and in the front, you know, you you can kind of do whatever you want. You can you can. Uh, gosh, there, there's, 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 there's adapters, uh, that you can, what are they called? Woody weights? Is that right? Where it's an adapter where you can, is, is that yep. what adapts a, the front of an arrow of a wood arrow to be able to accept a screw on broadhead? Is that what that is? Uh, no, a woody weight actually is a little device that glues on to the point taper and then you glue a point or a broadhead onto the woody weight. Oh, and so if you want to take like a Zawicki 125 grain broadhead, but make it a 200 grain broadhead, you glue a 75 grain woody weight onto that and then onto okay. the wood shaft. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, there is an adapter that you can buy that you can glue onto the taper of the wood shaft and then you can screw broadheads on to that if you so choose. But if you're a real wood arrow shooter, you're going to glue your heads on because it's just, yeah, why right. wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sell your screw and stuff, <laughs> buy some glue on stuff and yeah. dive right in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course you've got, you know, custom, you know, custom dips, uh, custom cresting. I mean, you know, the, the sky's sky's the limit with how you want to kind of customize your arrow. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. which is some, some of that stuff, like I, I, I've never crested anything. Uh, but a yep. lot of that stuff looks looks really cool. I think part of the reason why I don't want to go down the wood arrow um, rabbit hole is uh, just yet anyway. Is no matter how simple everything seems, you still have to you you, you open up a whole new uh, Pandora's box of all these other 
uh, gadgets and things that you need to buy for this new thing that you're going to do, right? Like uh, a cresting machine, uh, uh, taper tools, um, you know, totally rearranging your, 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 your field points, you know, they're not going to be screw on anymore. Like we said, they're going to be like a glue on kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I'm just not quite ready to, 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 to dive right into that. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, I tell you what, if you, um, if you wanted to build wood arrows besides the cresting lathe, which is a pricey item, everything else, like a taper tools, a couple bucks, you can get a dozen field points for, like five bucks probably and uh knocks are like two bucks a dozen and you can get a straightening tool but you don't really need it because there's other ways to do it without it you get a spinning a thing to spin the arrows for like 20 bucks and if you already have a fletching jig you already have that and yeah. like it's really i bet you could buy all the things you needed to get started for about 50 bucks it wouldn't oh you really yeah no you're um yeah it's not that not that big a deal. I could send you a whole list of everything you need and you could order it from three rivers or Lancaster or wherever. And you go, well, that was easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it kind of reminds me of, um, when I, I haven't, you know, I haven't shot rifles much in the last, I don't know, several years since doing like a really, really deep dive in the trad, but you know, for, yep. for a long time and I still do, you know, I reload, you know, and then I right. got into casting my own bullets so oh, yeah. when you when you step from reloading into oh no not only am I reloading I'm gonna cast my own stuff and then you know all the paraphernalia <laughs> that goes with that and it's like yeah, yeah. it's like oh but you can get started with the little melting thing for you know x many dollars but then it's like no you know the costs add up you know better oh yeah <laughs> you know I've been down that road before I but you. no I I, I get yeah. it I think I think it's one of those things that um uh. Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm going to do down the line, but uh, like I said, I'd, I'd like to try try some out anyway, and just just to see, just to see how I like it. Um, and it seems like I would need a, I don't know, it's it's got to fit the bow, and, and this is just me. This is just me talking as far as like looks wise, you know. Yep. Um, I'm looking at my bear grizzly here. Uh, it's a 1966, and it looks just fine with with gold tip traditional trap, you know, arrows on on it. You know what I mean? But Yep. There's and I'm trying to picture with like wood arrows, but there's some bows that you see out there, pictures, you know, forums, whatever, and they have wood arrows, and you're like, man, that really goes together, you know, it, it really ties it all together, and you try to picture yep. it with like modern carbons, and it's like, you know, <laughs> it just, I, I, I'm sure they work fantastic, you know, they're going to work just as well, maybe better, who knows, but you know, the the wood just kind of completes the picture you know what i mean yeah 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 especially like and you hill can... bowls and self bows and that kind of stuff yeah well i always tell people it's illegal to shoot carbon arrows off a self bow <laughs> okay what about <laughs> this is anybody yeah. what about trad veins on a uh, on, on a wood uh, on a wood shaft i've done it yeah, oh really I'm not yeah yeah i whatever they're just veins they're yeah they're they're super quiet and i wanted yeah. to try them because it, it rains like crazy up here right so i wanted to mm -hmm. see how they would how they do and i haven't had them out in the pouring rain but they're not going to do anything so it doesn't really matter 
yeah but yeah no, they're, it's yeah they're, they're 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 super quiet i mean that's what i have them all all my stuff fleshed with right now um yep. you know if i happen to buy you know a six pack of uh like, like i shoot the gold tip trads just because it's standardized i have them all you know so i, I try not to switch switch arrows you know um yep. and, and they come and, and i'll buy them fletched you know and they come with the feathers and stuff but when they start you know when they start losing you know when i go to refletch them I put the yep. trad beans on. They're not as pretty, but I mean, by far, they're they're you know, you don't have that that beautiful feather in the back. Um, it, it takes away from the looks. But yeah, I gotta agree with you on on arrow flight. It is so. I mean, it's noticeably quieter. Um, oh, silent. Yeah. Silent. And, and, and some people don't, don't believe that they're like, Oh no, I, I can hear this. Or, you know, maybe if you got a tear in it or something like that and one end, you know, it's kind of flapping around, but, um, I mean, I can hear, uh, you know, these, these feathers go down range, you know, it's not super loud, but then you shoot it next to a trad vein and you're like, Oh, that's, that's silent. You know, that's deadly silent. But I think, I don't know. It, it's, it's all in kind of what we want. Like we're, we always give up like, um, we're, we're making concessions, you know what I mean? Um, yep. the, just the trad bow itself is, is a concession compared to the compound, which is, you know, so it, it's, I guess it's, it's however, however much you're, you're willing to live with for the, the joy that it brings you to shoot the weapon that you shoot with the, you know, stuff on it that you shoot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like I, I shoot a self bow and I'll shoot primitive arrows that I make out of ocean spray and red osier dogwood, but I still use a modern string on my self bow and I use modern adhesives because mm-hmm. they're just easy and they last. And, you know, I'm not, I haven't made a sinew string and I'm not really that interested in doing it. So I'm using yeah. fast flight and whatever. That's my limitation right there. You know, I'll shoot as primitive as I can and I have go- a goal of killing a deer with a stone point, but I'm, still gonna glue those feathers on with the same glue i use for all my arrows yeah yeah you know that's so let's talk about the um your your offerings then um you're you're offering uh, custom arrows uh what 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 kind of um you know i i know other companies do like different grades you know different uh combinations um in like what what are your offerings like as far as like you know if someone were to, were to talk to you and be like okay i'm looking to get into this what 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 have you got on the table there well i use premium sicka spruce and hunter grade sicka spruce the hunter grade's a bit less expensive they're um they have a little bit more grain on out but they're still damn near as durable as the premiums are um yeah and i can do as basic as just a finished wood shaft with a plastic knock and three, four inch feathers on it up to a fully cap dipped and crested. And I can do self knocks. I can do wild Turkey feathers, you know, pretty much whatever, whatever a person has in mind mm-hmm. I can do. I can do anything that way. Um, I don't do spliced feathers. I haven't um, taught myself how to do that yet. I'm not really that super interested. I know some guys make some, crazy arrows with all that stuff but uh yeah i just haven't been called to that yet so um they're just mine are just yeah basic normal feathers that uh you can buy and i can put broadheads on if you want and i do i use a lot of for my stumping arrows i use 38 special brass Mm -hmm. and uh so i make some stumping arrows for people and uh 
yeah, there's whatever a person can dream up. We can, we can come up. I, I kind of stick to a few colors that I generally use often and I just like to look at them. Um, so I, you know, I don't make things like purples and light blue and I just don't have the access to the paint supply that I used to cause I don't have a Walmart right next door. I got a, mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm so remote and we have very few stores, so I can't just go and browse a, a giant wall of paint colors. How, how does shipping work for you too? Um, it's got to be a bit of a logistical, uh, you know, hurdle, right? I mean, if you're ha- having to ship this stuff, plus you're shipping to the United States. I mean, do, do you get dinged with, uh, with, with shipping costs? Um, uh, not really. My shipping is, a, I think, essentially the same as it was when I lived on Vancouver Island. Okay. Um, yeah. And our mail, our mail comes and goes three times a week. Like we have a ferry that comes three times a week and brings groceries and mail and freight and that building supplies and that kind of stuff. So our mail is a little bit slower from here to get to, you know, say the East coast of the U S like if I was to ship from here to Florida, it's going to take a bit to get there, mm-hmm. but it'll get there. Yeah. And, um, I don't know how it works on your end when you pick up at the post office, if they charge tax or, or any duties, or I have no idea. Everything's country of origin from Canada. So it's not like I'm sending stuff from China or whatever. Right, Um, right, right. Yeah. But yeah. So all uh, I just fill out a customs form and uh, off it goes and I haven't had an issue. So. Hmm, Okay. Yeah. And then are you offering them in, um, in uh what like half dozen or dozen or do you do uh only only finished arrows or or do you do like shafts as well just like if someone wanted to order like you know just bare shaft yeah i sell shafts unfinished raw shafts um and finished arrows i generally like to do a dozen arrows Mm. but i'll do a half i'll I'll do a half dozen but i don't like to do less than that because it gets to be all my shafts come pre-grouped in dozens i don't we don't do that hundred arrow kind of like people always ask for these hundred groups, you know, and they're right. all the same spine, but they're different weights, but that's not how true shaft does it. They're all come pre-spined, pre-weighed, grouped together in a finished dozen. So I like to do, I like to do the full dozen if I can. Um, but I have done half dozens for people as well. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess anything else you want to touch on then? I mean, I kind of kept you for an hour here, but uh, I my my learning curve, I got to tell you, for as far as what what arrows goes, has like just skyrocketed. You know, uh, j- jumped in the deep end with that because, like I said, I knew very little uh, about. I, I knew I knew I knew around the periphery about all of what we talked about, but I didn't know. Yep. <laughs> you know, I was there. Uh, I was anything there else you want to touch too, on that I'm missing? Um. Hmm. I don't think so. I think we got it all, but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to answer anybody's questions about what arrows or arrow building or yeah, whatever. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at stump stalker. There's lots of cool photos on there. And, uh, if you have any questions, just, yeah, send me a message and I'll answer it best I can. And, uh, same as you, if you got any questions about what arrows, just, yeah, message me anytime. I, I'm always happy to chat. Yeah. Um, one, one last question I had too, and I think this has been answered to death, but I, I, I got to ask it. Everyone that is kind of new to this will say, well, uh, how durable are they? 
you know uh are they are they gonna take a lot of maintenance are they gonna uh you know go out of straightness are they gonna you know take a set one way or another and and, and bend like how, how much care and maintenance do i need um being prudent with these things, you know, not, not shooting them into hard, hard stumps every day, uh, not leaving, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're sealed, but, um, yep. what, uh, what, what, what kind of person reasonably expect as far as maintenance goes? Well, the wood arrow is well built and it's straightened and it's sealed and, uh, you're looking after it. It should be very minimal amount of maintenance to them. It's smart to check them once in a while, just to, Make sure they haven't gone out of straight. And it's also a good idea if your arrows have been sitting for a few months, like over the winter you haven't shot and you've had field points on them, before you go to shoot them, it's good to just heat that glue up and reset them again because sometimes that glue can sort of shrink and you go to pull the the arrows out of a bag target and they'll pop off. I've learned oh. that the hard way. Okay. So it's a good idea to just, just heat them up and stick them on, make sure they're good and stuck on. And you could always take them off, put a bit more glue on, stick them on again, just to, uh, then you're not losing them in your bag target. Cool. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'll probably get some, some, some flack for this, but I'm by no means advocating of, of not having, uh, you know, good flight, uh, you know, true flying stuff. But I mean, I get your opinion on this too, but I mean, I think most people, okay. Like the average archer if you have a shaft, I don't care whether it's carbon, I don't care whether it's wood or whatever, and it's not exactly like as straight or as in tune with, with the rest of them, with the way most yeah. people shoot, I'm going to make a broad statement here, and, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, they're probably not going to see the difference. You know, yeah, I, um, I agree. Unless you got a big blade broadhead on the front, and, and I get that you should always shoot your broadheads. That that's different. But I mean, I'm talking just for like for practice and shooting and and fun. You're probably, you know, well, people argue it, it's kind of funny, um, and, and they're usually newer people. You know, they'll go on a forum and they'll say, well, uh, you know, I weighed this, and it's you know one one field tip weighs you know 150 grains or whatever, and then uh, you know the the next one weighs you know one. 162 or something like that however however they get to there um do you think i'm going to see the difference and and it's like no no if you can you <laughs> yeah. should be competing because you're never going to see the yeah. difference you might see it out like 50 60 yards and you're not probably going to shoot that far you know but like 15 and under 820 and under you have more going on to, to screw up that shot than any uh discrepancy in that one arrow you know what i mean so I, I think it's a yep. little bit overblown um but but again, you, you should you should always strive to have the best flying stuff. I'm not saying that, but you probably won't notice if you don't. So, yeah, I was <laughs> okay. at a shooting clinic with Rod Jenkins a couple of years ago, and we uh -huh. were talking about that specific kind of thing. And he is talking about how he always buys the straightest carbons he can. He spends the extra money on them and everything. And I piped up. I'm like, Rod, I make arrows out of ocean spray, and they're all wiggly and they're not straight, and I can. <laughs> blast dumps all day long i don't see those things you know all i can see is them flying like darts towards the target if anything they're flying a bit sideways because they're too stiff the straightness as long as the one end or the other end like if your point end is cocked off like a hockey stick or the knock end you're gonna get like you said you're gonna nobody has a perfect release mm -hmm. almost everybody drops their bow arm a little bit like there's always something so yeah yeah, absolutely. If they're not 100% straight, just, you know, they're going to be okay. So if you can't, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's the same. It's in, the question's kind of in the same vein as, uh, you know, I'm buying this used bow or whatever. It's tillered for a split finger. I shoot three under. Is it, you know, I, I'm worried about it. And it's like, dude, I think J- uh, Jason Westbrock answered this some somewhere, some some on some uh, so, somewhere or whatever. So I'm going to credit him with that. But you know, yeah. it's basically like, dude, you are not even close to good enough to even notice the difference between split versus <laughs> uh, three under. You know, and yeah. if you again, if you are, you should be up against like like the John Demers of the world, you know, <laughs> and if you're not, Absolutely. then you, you and if you're not, you shouldn't then you wouldn't be asking that on a forum. You know what I mean? Just shoot. The yeah. Thing. So, yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. I, I tend to stay away from those groups like <laughs> Facebook groups and forums yeah. because all those questions I just can't. I've been looking at them for too many years and I'm so cynical about it now. It's like I just can't even. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> right, right. I so, get you. I get you. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, just, thank just you. Kind of hang it's out with fun. me uh, after after we uh, hang up here. So so for thanks for being, uh, you know, th- thanks for coming on. And um, I guess everybody, thanks for listening. Remember, please leave a rating in a review but definitely a rating. You don't have to review it. Rating is really really important. Like, share, and subscribe. And um, you know, check out Blaine. Uh, he's got some really, really cool stuff out there. So thanks for coming on and I will talk to you guys next week.